It's episode 29. Do you have a mind for sales? I'm introducing Mark Hunter, the sales hunter, and the author of this wonderful book, A Mind for Sales. And before I ask Mark the first question, I just have to tell you guys something. This book came out just as the pandemic was breaking. So here I am. I've been a furniture sales rep selling to furniture and mattress stores primarily for 38 years. And everything's being shut down. And I'm really trying to be strong for my dealers. And I'm having a tough time doing it. And this book came out. I, I can't tell you how much it meant to me. And do you want to know something? I'll tell you something right now about this book. Everybody here should get it. Everybody here should do everything in it. And when you get to something that you say, oh, I knew that. Just ask yourself one question. Do I do it? Do I do it? I knew the thing about Mondays, but I didn't realize I was literally uh, wasting 20% of my work week until Mark took a two by four and hit me over the head with it in his book. And he said, why are you wasting 20% of your work week? Planning, planning your week on Monday. I knew, I knew, I knew to do that, but guys, I wasn't doing it. So, Mark, I want to thank you for writing the book. And, I, you know, I can't imagine that my story is much different than a lot of people that read this book. Oh, I'll tell you what. So spot on there. You know, it's interesting. The, the comment you made about when the book came out right at the start of the pandemic was the comment I heard from so many people. In fact, it, this was funny. People said, how did you write a book so fast? Hey, I actually wrote that book like 18 months earlier. It just happened to come out right now. And yeah, you know what? It is about the mindset and it really has. And you know what? Mindset is just as important today as it was back in the pandemic. Because, man, we, we all went through that period of, uh-oh, what's happening next? So, yeah, it's, it's I mean, I sales is, I, I get kind of jazzed about sales because, I mean, sales is a lifestyle. And as you talk about, yeah, and you're so, you are so wired in on, on really helping people understand how do you reconfigure your mind? How do you reconfigure to get engaged with the customer? That's really what the book's about. Yeah. That's what a mind for sales is getting in the mind of the customer. Yep. And the subtitle, uh, ladies and gentlemen who aren't watching this right now, daily habits and practical strategies for sales success. And, there are so many in here, Mark, so many in here, but one of my favorites is besides the 20% of your work week on Monday, one of my favorites is sales is a team sport. And, you know, Victor and Jeb did a great podcast and then they did it again um, at Outbound talking about making the internal sell and the importance of your teammates. So I just wanted to ask you, why did you include that in there? I think I know why, but from your perspective, why did you include it in there? And also, were there any lessons along the way that you had to learn the hard way with regards to it being a team sport? 
Oh, lessons learned the hard way. I mean, do we have like five hours? I mean, I can go in, I can go in depth on this. Man, this is crazy. He, here, here's what I found. Um, one of my early sales jobs, I had the whole eastern half of the state of Oregon. In fact, I talk about it in the book. You do. And um, the, the only other person on my sales team was the windshield. <laughs> and uh, literally, I mean, I, I was I would fall asleep in between accounts. I mean, literally in the car, just like this is so boring. Uh, and having a team, you become the sum of the five people you associate with the most. And it is so important to have others around you that can help lift you up just as you help lift them up. There are subject matter experts who, you know what? I, I'm not the brightest light bulb. Okay. I've got to rely on other people. I rely on other people. I mean, th there's so many advantages. Why go into life? Why go into life with only a pair of pliers? Go into life with a whole toolbox. And that's what you get when you have a team, when you surround yourself with people. And it doesn't have to be a formal team. It can be an informal team. But you've got to have people who you connect with on a regular basis. And you're pulling, you're pulling ideas from. And you're contributing. You're helping them. It's so, this idea of team is so important and, and, and guys and gals that are out there listening, don't do these things that we often talk about here just so that you can do more business, do them to be a good human being so that at the end of the day, when you go to bed at night, you can say, well done, well done. So this is what I want to share with you. And it's a little twist on this. So I learned very early on that it was really important. And I I made enemies. I was the cockiest human being that you'll ever meet in your life. People can name, but it's not the same person as a matter of fact, who I was 20 or 30 years ago, thank the good Lord in heaven above that I am not that person anymore. But I was cocky I was arrogant. And if you think I'm cocky and arrogant now, I was worse. Okay. So I made enemies. And hey, hey, can I share you a story about being cocky? Sure. Go ahead. I, One I, me. This is this is the value of a team. I'm 27 years of maybe 20. I think I'm 27 years of age. Maybe I'm 28. And I have a chance to have a sit-down meeting. I mean, I have a chance to participate in, in a meeting with Warren Buffett. And I turned it down <laughs> he wasn't because I said, what does some stupid farmer <laughs> from the Midwest? Yeah. Why would I waste my time wanting to meet with this guy? <laughs> well, you got me beat on that one. I mean, I mean, is that, is it, is that, is that like stupid? Yeah. But I, I, I was so, he owned about 7% of the company I was working for at the time. He was the major shareholder. Yeah. And uh, every year we would do a presentation to him and I was asked to help put together some of the numbers and so forth. And I was invited to, hey, if you want to attend the meeting, just kind of sit around the outer um, circle. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's kind of a fascinating deal. He comes in once a year for this meeting. I go, why would I want to hear, why would I want to connect with some stupid farmer from the Midwest? <laughs> <laughs> so listen, so not only the the getting things done inside your company for your customers uh, is enhanced when you understand that it's a team sport, but 
other really positive things can happen that you don't even know anything about. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm not going to use the name of the company, but there was somebody in customer entry that didn't like me, but, but the accounts payable girl loved me and I loved her and still do love her. And the are the the person that entered my orders she started going through and seeing some anomalies and she saw that he was entering them in a way that they would not be commissioned hear me hear me all you type a hypertard superstar salespeople that don't think you need anybody hear me loud and clear if it wasn't for the benevolent relationship that i had with her I would not have been paid on a bunch of commissions. And I'm not talking a little bit of money. I am talking a lot of money. And the person that was caught doing it was subsequently fired. But had I not had... Now, two lessons. One is I shouldn't have pissed off the the guy that was entering my orders. And two, I was really smart to have a great relationship with uh, his supervisor. But I digress. I, I tell you what, that, that is so, in, in so many ways, you got to, you have to develop the relationships inside your organization at all levels. Yeah. Don't sit there and discount. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that, that I've been able to get things done uh, because of relationships I've been able to create. And you know, it's not a straight line. It, it's not like, well, I'm going to be nice to this person. They're going to turn around and do something for me tomorrow. I have no idea. I got to share with you a quick story. Sure. And it wasn't in, it wasn't in my book. Um, uh, let's see, maybe I did put, I, you know, yeah, I, I was working with a fortune, uh, probably 200 company, maybe even a fortune 100 company wow. at that time. And I was meeting with the CEO and his executive team. And he'd only been the CEO for about six or nine months. And he replaced a CEO who was literally just, I mean, whoa, wow, nasty person. And it was very interesting, but I uh, spent two days with the team. And uh, it, the gentleman was incredibly nice. Now, I didn't know the previous CEO, but I had just heard plenty of stories. And I remember talking to his team. I said, hey, he, he He's got to be a lot different. Oh, well, different. It's an understatement, man. He actually, he actually embraces our opinion. He wants to hear our opinion. He wants our input, yada, yada. And it's just, and it's just a very nice guy. And it was interesting, but we went out to dinner, very nice restaurant. And, uh, he, at, he asked the waitstaff, Hey, how's your day going? You know, what, what, you know, he, he, he engages with everybody. He engaged with everybody. And the second day, I asked him, I said, you know, you come across extremely nice and, and your team has told me how different you are compared to the previous uh, uh, CEO. And he made the comment. He said, he, he, he kind of chuckled and laughed. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's. And I said, no, I, I, I said, I think it's a, re- it, it, it's a real serious part of your DNA. He says, well, yeah, my mom always told me to make sure that you play well with everyone around you. And she really just instilled that in me. And you know what's interesting? He, and he goes on and he says, one of the reasons I engage with people and I, I really want to find out about them is because I found when I take the time to demonstrate interest in other people, not only do they wind up doing more for me, but I make better decisions. 
because yeah. I'm investing in other people. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that for a moment. And, and this CEO, he, he has since retired, but he went on and had an unbelievable tenure with this company. And believe me, they had several situations that were very, very difficult. And the board could easily have thrown him overboard. You know, yeah, every now and then the board's got to serve up, serve up ahead. Uh, no, they stuck behind him all the, all the way through uh, because he was such a key team player. And net, net, the end result, that company thrived during his total time there because he created a team. He valued other people and it brought out the best. But when he made the comment, he said, when I take the time to get to know other people and thank people and really thank them for the job they're doing, he said, I make better decisions. Wow. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. That's very, Dude. very powerful. Once I, I asked one of my best customers, I said, Joey, you know, there was a time I walked through this door and you didn't know me. You, you didn't know me and you, you welcomed me in like I was part of your family. And I've, I've always felt that way. And Joey, I just have to ask you, I mean, there are dealers, small dealers, little tiny dealers that are barely do any business that blow me off completely. You welcome me in like I'm part of the family. I have to assume you do that to everybody. I, I'm, I'm not a magician. I didn't cast a spell on you. And, and so tell me why you do that. He said, Pete, the reason I do that is I have a very smart father that has been in business for many years. He's in real estate. He owns his own pizza shops. And he's always told me, if somebody wants to talk to you, son, you need to listen to them because maybe 90% of what they say is garbage, but there's 10%. There's a gold nugget in there. There's a gold nugget in there. And then if the next 10 guys say the same gold nugget, guess what? And if you're not doing it, you need to start doing it. So it's a way to get information. It's coming towards you. Why would you not embrace it? And I said, Joey, I, I wish everybody was like you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's so much what you said. And this is what I find very interesting. The top performing people look at every conversation, every interaction, every event as something they can learn from. They, they're going to learn something. The average and the mediocre person goes into many, many situations. Oh, there's nothing to learn here. There's nothing to learn here. Well, that's the reason they stay average. That's the reason they stay mediocre. Yeah. I, I really contend it is a headset. I'm going to share an example. I won't use the name, but somebody out of the furniture industry. And let me tell you something. He was as two-faced as you'll ever, ever meet. And when we get done with the show, you and I will have to compare names. Anyway, and, and, and this person would treat, would treat some people one way and treat other people the op opposite direction. And, you know, he always thought, well, nobody sees what I do. No, no, no. Believe me, people saw, people noticed. When he filed bankruptcy, it was amazing how little support he had, period. Yeah. Because again, you know... It, Great people are, and this is what the CEO, I, I, I was shocked. Go out to dinner, and, and this is a gentleman, this is a person who had, they had the private aircraft, they even had the helicopter at the time. I mean, th th he is a titan of industry. And he's engaged with the wait staff. And I remember very specifically, he was asking her, so how many years of college do you have left? What's your degree? What, what are you planning to do? He, he was engaged with the wait staff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's show me how somebody interacts with people 
that we're never going to see again. And in, in particular, some of the most revealing episodes in my life, I can go back to dinners. And if you show me somebody who wants to and looking for, a, a, you know, an excuse to abuse a waiter or a waitress. One time, Mark, I have this open house several years ago and I am, I'm at Eddie Merlot's and I'm paying for everybody. I've got 20 or 30 people in there. So you can imagine what the bill is. And this one guy who was there and he wasn't a dealer. He was hired to be part of the support staff and to do some very specific things. He was abusing this waitress. And finally, I made a couple of comments and I said, you know, <clears throat> I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to upset my other dealers. But what I found out after Mark is that his behavior was upsetting these dealers. Okay. So, so, so <laughs> I finally said to him, I said, listen, I said, she's fine. Leave her alone. You're not paying for the dinner. I mean, which is brutal. It's a brutal comment. And it's a comment that I wouldn't, I got forced into making. And I found out later that three dealers decided that they loved me in that moment when I stood up and I didn't want to, I, I just, you know, and I always call these bridges. There's these bridges that we as salespeople, we have to cross. We don't want to, but we're almost forced to. And, you know, whenever you show me somebody who's abusing another person, um, there, there's something wrong. And I guess in a weird way, I was her defender. But I, it was making me, I, I did it selfishly, Mark, because I was becoming miserable. I'm like, why are you abusing this poor girl? And the interesting thing is, you know, this girl's young enough to be my daughter, right? So this is my daughter, potentially my daughter, and you're abusing her, and I'm really not liking this. And I bet you there's a bunch of people on right now that know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, this is, I mean, think about this for a moment. When we see something going on that should not be going on, if we fail to do something, we're complicit in that action. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, it just, and, and, and as a human being, we have a very, very quick story. I, I, I was speaking at a, again, a major company event and, um, I happened to be walking. It was at a convention center. I was walking across the street from the hotel I was staying, had a cup of coffee in my hand and walking over. I was getting ready to speak that day. And uh, as I'm walking over, uh, you know, I, I, I walk in and then behind me about 15, 20 feet are two women. And I just stand there and I just hold the door open for them and allow, allow them allow them to walk in and say, good morning. And they say, good morning to me. And I just kind of blew it off. I didn't think anything of it. It wasn't until later on that morning that the CEO came up to me, the CEO of the company came up to me and said, hey, really want to thank you. Did you know that you held that door open for my wife and the president's wife? They just happened to be there. Just, you know, I guess they had kind of attended, you know, to support their husbands or whatever. And uh, he was blown away. They were blown away that I would just, and I didn't know who they were. They were just, to me, they were just two people. I'm just being nice. I'm just, I, I would have held the door open for anybody. And it was amazing because when he, when the CEO introduced me, he, he went on talk about me holding the door open for that and, 
and and uh, I mean, it, 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 it was amazing. Uh, and I was just kind of, I didn't know who they were, you know. Uh, it, we do ourselves a favor when we take the time to step out and be courteous and be nice to other people. And I think that changes our whole outlook on sales. That changes our whole outlook on how we approach every opportunity. And I, I think it just allows us to be more ready and open to see opportunities that other people fail to see. Do you see the comment there, Mark? Oh, yes. I love that comment. Yes. Dan, Dan Jordan. Of course, Dan Jordan. I love the guy. Love the guy. Dan yeah. or Dan, this is great. It's worth for me to pause my cold calling for an hour to watch this. <laughs> oh, I hope I don't. No, I hope no. I don't cost you any money. Uh, I, I would. I would feel horrible if I deprived the Deej of some income. <laughs> you know, I was going to call you out, Pete, because I noticed in your opening clip that you had a little piece of of Dan. Yeah. You know, and I, I was going to call you out that finally, finally, I get to be categorized with the greats like Dan Jordan. So, <laughs> Dan, hey, good afternoon to you, man. Dan, uh, if if you have ever watched pro wrestling, I think Mark Hunter just put you over the top, buddy. <laughs> if, if, if he didn't, I will. Get this book, Sales Proverbs. It's a great little book. Read one or two pages a day along with this one. A mind for sales. You guys absolutely all deserve to get it. You know, uh, uh, I I used to uh, do some sales coaching with a uh, guy named Paul Castain, who really yeah, I know Paul. Yeah, Paul did a did a great job uh, with with me for a few years, and I really enjoyed it. And Paul always said the same thing in his very New York way. Which and I can say that because I'm from upstate New York, uh, in your New York City, Long Island way. But are you doing it? <laughs> but are you doing it? And 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 that's what we, you know, what uh, guys and gals, when you read a book like this, I don't care if eighty percent of it you've heard before in some form. Ask yourself one question: Are you doing it? And if you're not doing it, stop what you're doing, put the book down. And, you know, one of the most profound things that you said in the book, and you were really actually talking about silver bullets and salespeople not chasing silver bullets, Mark. One of the most profound things that you said in, in the book for me was stop chasing silver bullets. There's something fundamental in your behavior that you need to change you know what i tell you what it is so easy for us to get you know we're always looking for the easy way out i mean let's not kid ourselves we're always looking in and, and oh oh silver bullet oh oh squirrel 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 and we think the latest idea the biggest fad hey here's this new idea um and and, and i think it's why so many people fell early on for the whole social selling trap because they thought they could click and pitch let me tell you something click and pitch is not a way to create a business you have to create the relationship. It's called social. Social. You create the relationship. And, and this is where all people are, when people run to the shiny object, all they're doing is they're looking for a cheap excuse because they want to get out of doing the hard work. They, they're, they're, they, they think they have got this gym membership. And if I just get this gym membership to this really good gym, I'll be in shape. You know, a gym membership has never gotten anybody in shape, period. 
you got to go. You got to pump the iron. You got to run the laps. You got to make it happen. So, so here's my thought off of that, um, and and I want you to expound, expand on 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 what I'm about to say. So, anybody, so when I first saw Mike Weinberg railing against social media, I said, "But you're on social media." And then I, I've seen you rail on social media here, and I go, "But, but." But the dude's all over the place. At any rate, you know, I would say this to anybody that sees me on social media. I literally have a timer. And you're going to be shocked at what I set the timer for. I set the timer for five minutes. And that's it. And guys, guys and gals, listen to me really carefully. If you see me on there other than that, I'm in a waiting room and I can't do anything else and I'm dying or I'm in that traffic jam and I can't do anything else and I'm dying and I don't even want to be there. But you know what? I look for guys like Mark and the Deej and I like their stuff because I really do like their stuff and they provide so much value to me. You want to expand on that? Mark. Yeah, I tell you what, that is so true. What what I what kills me is people who get up in the morning and and the first thing they do is they spend time on social media. Come on, people. You got a lot more important things to be doing than spending time on social media. Yeah. I set a timer too. And uh now I, I don't do five minutes, but I will do never any more than 15 minutes total a day. Yeah. And for the amount of content I crank out, you kind of say, wow. Yeah, because I mean I'm automated. I, I am totally automated and I know where I'm going, I know what I'm doing. And I'm not going to get caught up in stupid cat videos and everything else. Uh, because again, my whole goal with social, with social media is this. I want to create the online connection to have the offline conversation. Now, for instance, Pete, you were a big early supporter of, of the book, A Mind for Sales. You know, mm-hmm. you were in the, you were in the launch team and, and you really threw a lot of love out there and, and, and what did it do? It, it it allowed us to create this very strong relationship because, yeah. you know, initially I didn't really know who Pete was. You didn't know who Pete Primo was? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I knew who you were, <laughs> but I didn't really know, know you. And then as we began, you know, inter- and then it's like, wow, this guy, this guy, this guy's crushing. This guy's killing it out there, you know, and, and that's what social media is all about. It's the social. Yeah. It's the social. This is what people forget. It is not click and pitch. It oh, yeah. drives me crazy. Drives me nuts. But let's talk about that because, you know, at some point we connected and neither one of us pitched the other one. Um, you know, and I want you to also talk about automation. Some, if you want to name the tool that that's cool, if you don't want to, that's also, but I want people to know many, many listeners and watchers of this already know that there's automation, but they may not really understand it. And, you know, there are several tools out there, uh, some that you can use across platforms and some that are specific to a platform that will help you to have a bigger presence than you really should or ought to have. And what it does is it frees you up from having to be there and enter that particular message. You actually schedule it out. So I'll, I'll let you talk about that a little bit, Mark. Yeah, really. 
the automated tools we use are we don't use automated tools. Let me let me let me explain what I mean. Um, I have sat down and kind of collated all of the really the cool comments I've ever made, you know, cool quotes that come from my books and so forth. And I have an assistant who has gone and made some great social graphics around them. And that's basically where it comes from. So then we, we kind of, in fact, I'll meet with her on Wednesday of this week and we'll just talk through what are the seven or eight that we want to use for the month of, for the month of July. And uh, then she'll fashion, you know, or I'll write some content. She'll get it cleaned up a little bit. My English isn't, isn't all that good. And then we just, okay, let's go and post. Let's post this one this day, this one this day, this one, you know, and, and that's the extent of it. I mean, so really the, the automated tools we use is really just Canva to create the social graphics. And we've got pictures that, you know, my pictures and so forth that we kind of put stuff around, but that's really the extent of it. Um, and, and then we just push it out there and I'm notorious. Uh, I, I, I try to do a video every morning, just about a 15 second video. I try to do that. Yep. And I go in spurts. Sometimes I'm very good at doing that for a month or two at a time. Other times it's like, ah, I'm not. And, and, and that's really, that's really it. But it, it, it's sharing. My whole belief is this. I'm going to share content, share content and where it goes. We'll just see where it goes. So I I want to give you some feedback and I know that you've had lots of feedback on this, but I want to give you some additional feedback. When I see your picture and I see the little arrow on LinkedIn, so I know it's a video from Mark Hunter. I see your picture and I see the arrow. I always push. Do you know why? Why? Because I know it's 10 to 20 seconds. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we, because I I, I don't have time. That's, I don't have time. And I don't have ideas that last longer than 20 seconds. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Hunter, you're killing me. You're killing me. I want you to talk about today's video about the attitude that we all as salespeople need to make about the 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 change in attitude that we have to make to to be more effective salespeople and and actually you know this is true uh, for any salesperson anywhere and it's true for any human being anywhere because everything is selling everything is selling and prospecting is nothing more than helping other people that's what we're doing. You know, and, and, you know, if, if you had a problem, no, you don't have a problem. You, you, you're a perfect person. If I had a problem, if I had a problem and I knew you could help me, I would want you to reach out to me. I would want you to reach out to me. That's what prospecting is. Yep. See, prospecting gets a bad rap because we think it's just spraying and praying. No, it's not. Prospecting is all about understanding who is your target audience, who's the who are the people you can be serving, who are the people you can be helping, and that's where you focus your energy and effort. So if I had a problem and you could fix it, I would want you to reach out to me. Now, when you first call me, uh, you know we'll say I don't I don't know who this guy is, I don't know I you know I blah 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 you know, but over a period of time you're going to create this oh wait a minute. This peak guy can help me. That's how we create sales. That's how we create revenue. That's how we help other people. See, because my definition of sales, my definition of sales and my definition of leadership is the exact same thing. 
It is to help others see and achieve what they did not think was possible. Boom. Drop the mic. That is a mic drop moment, but I can't do that uh, because I have like three hours of stuff I want to ask you. And I'm actually, this is horrible. I'm I'm just thrilled because I finally got invited onto your show. (laughs) I I may not get invited back for five years. So I'm going to hug the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Lord, Mark Hunter, you are the funniest guy in the world. So years ago, 30, over 30, 35, about 35 years ago, when I was doing weekly sales meetings with my team in a store, we were in a furniture store. I used to tell you, Robbie and Joey and Jimmy and Sarah, I told you guys, stop thinking about your commissions and start thinking about how you can help your customer. And if you focus on helping your customer, you will be shipping over $100,000 a month too. But you guys are so wrapped up in thinking about your commissions, what's in it for you. Forget about you. You don't matter. The customer is the only thing that matters. Go ahead. I see you. I see you over there. <laughs> Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, because uh, I mean, you, you get commission breath. I look at it this way. I mean, I want to make commissions, but commissions are the scoreboard. That's the scoreboard. And my objective is I can't earn those until I help customers. I got fired from my first two sales jobs because I really believed my whole objective was just to see you, take money from you, blow you over, and move on to the next person. That was my whole idea. And it wasn't until my third sales job that my boss's boss sat me down and really challenged me as to why I was in sales. And needless to say, the questions he was asking, I didn't have good answers for it because I just believed that customers were just there to be abused and moved on. His whole approach was, no, no, we, we don't close a sale. We open a relationship. We open a relationship. Well, you know, you, ha- you had a curse, Mark, to begin with. You know the curse that you had. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? The curse that you had is that you are the opposite of me in college. You were a rule breaker and you charmed your way out of 90% of it. And you probably could have wrote a book on negotiating (laughs) negotiations right there on the spot. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) That means that you probably, I mean, there are so many things I did in college that, wow. I mean, I will never forget when my parents received a letter from the dean of students. They were threatening to kick me out of school. <laughs> um, I didn't know you couldn't do that. Um, th- th- there are so many things that I did in college. Um, it, it is, and you know, it, and, and it's a sad time because you and I went to college back in the same era when you could get away with all kinds of things. Yeah. Now you'd literally go to jail for them. But anyway, yeah. so what the heck? Not, not now. You would be. Uh crucified in social media are you kidding oh, me oh yes thank goodness there were no cameras goodness. there were oh, there were no cameras camera. no recording devices wow we Damn. uh i feel sorry for these kids i really do but that one time involving the mortuary 
No, no, we, we won't. We, we won't go there. We won't go there. That wasn't in the book. I, I read this. In, you know how many times I read the book? I didn't see hey, the mortuary story. I, I don't have the mortuary story in there. I don't have the cemetery story in there. I don't have the bank story in there. Uh, there's a lot of, I, I don't have the, uh, I, I went to college in Seattle. I didn't have the fairy story, fairies that go across uh, Puget Sound. Um, I did not have the uh, Canadian border story in there. Oh, a lot of things. Okay, now I'm going to really get myself in trouble. So anyway. It sounds like uh, we, we got to do a three-way with Patrick Tinney uh, with the Canadian border story. There you go. There you go. Hey, but at least I was able to cross and get back. So before they found out, yeah, so. thank the good Lord. Um, I want to say one thing to my retail friends. If, if you work in a store, I want you to make one change in your thinking. And this is it. In addition to not thinking about the commissions and just thinking about serving the customer, I want you to start thinking about this is my sales business. Mine. Mine. I'm not going to wait for a door to open before I go get customers. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get customers. And I'm going to tell you guys something. For those of you who are poo-pooing that idea, I'm going to tell you the story about my ex-brother-in-law, Matt Cooley, who I said, Matt, what are you doing today? Many years ago, like 30 some years ago, he goes, oh, I'm, I'm putting together this, uh, uh, this, this article uh, for the local uh, newspaper and, and letting people know, you know, what, um, you know, what we're doing here at the store. I said, so you're going out proactively and getting customers. He goes, yeah. And he thought that like I was a moron for asking him. And he's the only salesperson that I've known in all these years and that actively did that. And for you guys and gals out there that don't think it's possible for you to go out and get customers, you can go out and get customers and not depend on your ownership to just advertise and make that door swing. You need to go into your back then. I had little three by five cards. There were no computers, guys. There weren't any computers, not any that I had my hands on in Cleveland, Ohio. So I had little three by five cards. You know what it said? Customer's name, their address. They didn't have emails back then. They had a phone number, what they bought, what they're buying next. And when that door wasn't swinging and I wasn't, I was going through those. When I left, I had a file this big full of thousands of these cards. And whenever um, it was the least bit slow and I didn't actively have a customer, I went through those cards. So I want you to actively pursue getting customers into your store. And I want you to buy a mind for sales and do everything that it says in here. This is not for business to business. It is for every human being that's alive today that has to sell anything to anybody. That includes parents that have to sell children on being good citizens and good people. That includes everything and anything to do with life because life is sales. Whether you want to admit it or you don't want to admit it. And when I read that, I fell in love with you, Mark. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I got to share a very, very quick thing. Now, this comes out of the automo uh, out of the automotive industry. I was working for a lux luxury dealership brand, 
And uh, one of the things they wanted to do was to get their salespeople where they wouldn't just rely on people walking walking through the door. We and I helped them create. We created it. It was a highly engaging um, customer creation, customer prospecting strategy that involved anytime they would pull into a parking lot and they were driving their brand of luxury car and they saw another brand of luxury car pulling in, they would immediately engage that person in a conversation. And it was amazing the number of referrals, the number of leads, the number of sales they made just off of parking lot interactions. When we first rolled this out, salespeople were skeptical of it. And then after they began doing it and really embracing it, they suddenly realized, wow, there's a whole massive amount of business out there. We just go out and ask, just go out and ask. And so your three by five cards, that is so spot on. It's just pick up the phone. They may have bought bedroom set for you. They may have bought mattresses from you. You call them up and you simply ask them, hey, how's that mattress working out for you? How's that doing? You know, what else has happened? And it's amazing how you want, you show interest in them. Yeah. And they will take you to the next sale. Yeah. And, and I've told this story before. I'll tell it again in 20 seconds or less. I had a customer. I knew that they went and they bought from the competitor. They walked in two or three weeks later. And I said, I'm shocked to see you because I knew the timeline for your decision. Pete, we've been waiting. We haven't got our delivery. We just went over there and canceled the sale. And we're going to buy from you because you sent us a handwritten thank you. And the other salesperson didn't have the decency to even say thank you, let alone send me a thank you. So there you go, guys. And let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. That was many years ago. Okay. That was between 82 and 91. Those were my years that I was in retail, guys. So I'm going to say this to you. And listen, if you're some kind of a LinkedIn or Twitter Facebook guru, you're going to get pissed off when I say this, but I really don't care. Here, here, here's some news, news flash. Today, 2021, people need that human touch more than ever. We are surrounded by people in a social media ocean, but people are longing to be touched, to be appreciated, to be genuinely thanked. They want and need to be touched and you better be the one doing it or you're going to be susceptible to the other competitor who is willing to do it. Sorry. Oh, Mark. I tell you what, spot on because what is social media? Social media is saying, look at me, look what I've done. Look, look at me, look, look what I've done. And oh, people, people are more isolated, more lonely than ever. I mean, the pandemic has just ripped the, you know, um, cover off the ball. And so if you can truly engage with people and truly have a conversation where they, and it's not just words, it's the actions. It's where you really are passionately connecting with them. It is amazing how many doors we cannot look at ever closing. I, I go back to that comment. My boss's boss made, you do not close a sale. You open a relationship. Yeah. Every relationship Every conversation I have, I want to earn the right, the privilege, honor, and respect to be able to talk with that person again. Yeah. And if I do that, that's a great day. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I'm happy. And the real money, if money is really what you're after, the real money is in 
the referrals, the real money is in the repeat sales. The real money is serving so well and giving your customers such a unique experience that they love it so much that they want more of you. That's where the money is. But that is also more importantly, where your satisfaction in life is. If you're any type of a decent human being, you long to hear the words, Mark, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. We all need the same things. Newsflash, we all need the same things. Yeah, you, we do. You heard and, it and, here and, on the P Primo show. <laughs> and, and, and that's the only way you're going to stand up to the online retailer. That's the, old, that's the only way. You know, you have, you know, the, the in-store experience has the ability of creating the human-to-human relationship. And that's what is so critically valuable today. That's how you create sustainable business. That's how you really, you know, I, I firmly believe if, if all you are interested in is a transaction, you will be replaced. Yeah. You are gone. Yeah. You're toast. Yeah. And if your satisfaction and your focus is in transactions, you're gone. You're, yeah. you're, 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 you're dust in the wind. You literally dust in the wind. There is no foundation. Your foundation has to be in serving other human beings exceptionally well. And when you, that, when you genuinely, passionately want to improve somebody's life and you don't stop at the first three objections because you're not going to stop. Because you know that what you have is good and you know that you have the right solution because you asked enough really good questions to be able to determine what the right thing is and you have the right thing, you will not stop. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how you become unstoppable. Spot on, spot on. That's, that's, I mean, I, it has never been a better time than now to be in sales because people are craving a relationship. People are craving help and don't sit there and say, oh, but the customer's already made up their mind by the time they see me. No, they haven't. They may have their head filled with a lot of information, but I'll tell you what, it's your job as a salesperson to help sort through that information because so much of the information they have isn't answering the right questions that they have. Because, you know, many times the customer doesn't even know what questions to ask. All they're doing is they're just getting information. They're just getting information. Yeah. It's our job to engage and to be able to have that conversation with them to really understand what their needs are. That's how we help them. Amen. Joe Girard was unemployed, went, became one of the greatest salesmen of all time. If you look up Joe Girard and you, you will find out that many regard him as the greatest salesperson of all time. So he approached a car dealership in the middle of our recession. And he knew that he would be hated and uh, it would be a horrible experience for him. So he said, I don't want a job where I take ups from other salespeople. I just want a desk and a phone. And the only thing that I ask is that when they come in and they ask for Joe, that they that somebody come and get me. And he became the best car salesman in the history of the world. How did he do it, ladies and gentlemen? 
did it with a phone book. He went through the phone book. So if you're hungry and you really believe that you're, you know that in your heart of hearts, you're always going to do the right thing for people. You now have earned the right to the sale. If now, when you add and you build all the components that you need, the sales expertise, the expertise of the product and all of that. And you, so Joe Girard, a lot of people don't know this. He was able to negotiate his own financing terms outside of his dealership directly with the car manufacturers. Hey guys, gals, stop thinking about that door turning, make the door turn, make it turn. Uh, it's so spot on. It was funny because when you were talking earlier, I couldn't remember because he, he was with a Chevy dealership in the Cleveland area, correct? Detroit. Detroit. Okay. And uh, and, and and it's funny because I was trying to remember his name and then you said it, Joe Girard. But yeah, what? because what, I mean, he set the one-year record for individual car sales yeah. by a salesperson. Yeah. Uh, I, I go back and, and this this is so funny. It just literally flashed in my head. I, I Years ago, I lived in Alaska. And it was amazing when people would move to Alaska. The one thing they never brought with them was a mattress. They never brought with them a bed because it was too big. Mm. So that meant they had to buy a bed in Alaska. Well, shipping to beds, shipping new beds to Alaska, it's expensive. Yeah. Waterbed sales were through the roof. Everybody in Alaska had a waterbed. Everybody had a waterbed. Yeah, they turned into freezer beds in the winter, but that's a separate story. No. Uh, <laughs> but and, and this was funny. I mean, the smart retailers were the ones who were identifying who has just moved in, who has just moved to Alaska. Yeah. And boom. You see, this whole thing, when when you take the time to identify your audience and you identify, it, it is amazing the sales you can create. The, there are more, I, I firmly believe there are more opportunities out there today in virtually every industry imaginable than ever before. People are hungry for solutions. Be the person who provides it to them. Yep. And, and there's a sales lesson and there's a marketing lesson in there. So this is for my store owners. Um, Jeff Janakovo that owns um, Gardner's Mattress and More in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He advertises in magazines that you don't advertise in. Do you know why? Because he has customers that read those magazines. And <clears throat> they're health and wellness magazines. And it's because he has organic latex products and he has all natural products. He advertises in a different place. And so this is what I would suggest to you is find out who your customer is, your ideal customer. And don't tell me whoever walks through the door. That's not your customer. You, you need to do better than that. You need to spend some time on it and go where they are. And sometimes it's a golf magazine. If you're looking for luxury, uh, uh, luxury mattresses, if you're selling luxury mattresses that cost $30,000, maybe a yacht magazine. Go find where they are. And it's the most important time you'll ever spend is really taking some time outside of your business, get away from the day to day, just close the door if you have to, spend a little time thinking about. Who is my customer and what do they do in the course of a day? What do they read? What restaurants do they go? Maybe there's a cross promotion between a restaurant 
Maybe it's a medium chain restaurant because you're in medium goods. Maybe it's a high-end restaurant because you're in high-end goods. Think it through. What does their day look like and go where they are? I tell you what, there's so much what you said. I had a university president share with me. He said, you know, he said, I've never met a university. I've never seen a university except for ours that advertises in fixed base operator magazines. Now, fixed base operators. These are the hangars where private aircraft park. Ah. Well, they're used by very wealthy people. The university that he is president of, very, very high, high price university. And they do not give, they do not give, they do not discount tuition at all. But he said, we found by advertising in those magazines and those publications, and again, like the yachts and so forth, we're reaching the parents of people who can afford to send their kids to our institution. Know where your customer is. So, Mark, I'm dying to ask this question. You had the book written about 18 months before you published it. When the pandemic hit, did you go, oh, crap, I need to move fast? Tell me, I want some inside baseball on that. Well, the, the release date was set by the publisher. And it was co- it was to coincide with outbound of 2020. And so that's the reason March 31st of 2020, because outbound was going to be like May 5th or whatever. So it was all, it was all set up perfectly. And of course, then the pandemic rolls around and everybody begins free and everybody begins calling me. Are, are, are you going to stop? Are, are, are you going to hold and wait? And I did have to admit, I did think about it. No oh, crap. You bet. I said, Oh crap. Um, I did think about it for about 30 seconds and I realized, no, wait a minute. That would be totally disingenuous to what I'm talking about in having a mind for sales. Yeah. Having a mind for sales means you, you figure out, you figure out a way to make it happen. And so we did. So we pivoted. I mean, we, we, we came up with some different techniques. We came up with some different ideas to launch the book and some different strategies and we went forward. Boom. Because I also knew that, wait a minute, hold it. The message in the book is what people needed to hear right now yeah right now yeah and i am so thankful i am so thankful we did not delay the release because people were saying well why don't you wait a couple minutes and this will be passed i'd still be waiting today hello yeah you know um i don't know if it was your gut your intuition or uh just being true to your message uh, or a combination but it doesn't matter uh, what the reasons were. All that matters is this book got into my hands and changed my life for the better. And I would encourage everybody out there, if you haven't got this book, you are, you're nuts. I, I, I'm just going to tell you. And I don't care if you, you know, listen, if you're a sales rep, and I know that I have a lot of sales reps, Andy Friedman, I know you're listening. And, and Paul Serino, I know you're listening. You guys got to get this book and do everything in it that it says. If you're a mom or a dad, you need to get this book. If you're in retail sales, you need to get this book. And please, 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 when, he, when there's something in there that you already know, just ask yourself one question. But am I doing it? Am I doing it? And figure out. And one of the beautiful things is Mark provides the strategies and actual tactics, how to. He tells you to set a timer. He tells you, 
you know, I was doing it before, but it reinforced that practice. And by the way, I didn't increase from five to 15 minutes because I read it in his book. I said, you know what? I, the five is perfect for me. It works. I'm stuck in waiting rooms. I'm stuck in traffic enough. I get plenty of uh, opportunities to, to chime in in, uh, in other places where it doesn't affect my thing. So, Mark, we're going to wrap this up. I, I want you to, to tell anybody anything that's on your heart about a mind for sales and anything that you think that our store owners and our mothers and our fathers out there need uh, to hear in 2021, because you know what? We're not all the way through this thing. Um, And you're right. If you had waited, if you had waited, we'd still be waiting on this. And this wouldn't have gotten into my hands and wouldn't have made a difference. And And listen, I am a very positive person. And I can only imagine if I was feeling what I was feeling, my Lord, what was somebody that doesn't have the kind of daily habits that I've had? What somebody that doesn't have the success that I've been so blessed to have? What were they like? Because I'm telling you, I was a mess. I was a mess. I mean, there were times I just literally dragged myself out of bed. And I'll tell you what, when I got this book, changed everything. I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm going to leave the audience with this. Invest in other people. Regardless, you're a parent, you might be a store manager, might be a salesperson, doesn't matter. Invest in other people. Because your objective each day is to influence and impact others. And I'll tell you what, if we can influence and impact others to help them see and achieve what they didn't think was possible, you know what? That's a great day. Will we make a sale? Maybe not. But you know what? We will have made somebody's life better. And in my book, that's going to wind up translating into sales long-term. Sales is not a short-term game. It's a long-term game. Invest in other people. And with that, we are out. That concludes episode 29. Thank you, Mark Hunter, the sales hunter. Don't forget, get your book, A Mind for Sales. Daily habits and practical strategies for sales success. Get it now.